Amen, amen. Thank you, Zach. Appreciate it. Well, good morning, everyone. Happy New Year 2024. Here we go. I just finally got used to saying 2023, and we're already ready for 24. But uh, boy, it's hard to believe Christmas is over. I hope and pray that all of you had a, a wonderful, wonderful Christmas time. I tell you, what, it was special here in Sandusky for Christmas Eve last week. Wow, what a great time to be with each other and to celebrate uh, the Lord's birth. It was so very, very special. But now we're kind of looking forward, hopefully, to this new year of 2024. And I was uh, just kind of thinking, what are some things that maybe you are truly looking forward to this new year? I hope there's some things that you're really looking forward to. What are, what are things maybe that you're just hoping that you're going to see really happen this year. Maybe it's, maybe it's for kind of more peace in the world. Wouldn't that be good? You look at all the things that have taken place over the past year or so, and oh boy, you just being able to pray somehow, some way that there'd be more peace in this world. Maybe that's something you're looking forward to. Or maybe you're looking forward to, to your family kind of all getting along a lot better, <laughs> where there's not so much strife or arguing or struggles or things of that sort. Or maybe like me, you're looking forward to the Cleveland Browns finally winning the Super Bowl. Oh, boy, I've been dreaming of that since I was six years old. So I'm, I'm thinking this could be the year, finally, that it happens. And I know it's been since 1964, which is before I was born. So this, it's going to happen maybe this year. So prayerfully, we'll see. <laughs> What's interesting is every year, though, people love to make New Year's resolutions, right? And uh, I know I've done that in the past. And what's interesting is uh, the top four resolutions in the United States for 2024. Forbes magazine has already come up with what the top four are. So maybe you can guess these. Here's, here's uh, number four. So number four, lose weight. That seems to be on the list pretty much every year, right? To lose weight. Somehow, some way, you know, all of the different... Planet Fitnesses, Anytime Fit, they're all going to be jam-packed probably, trying to lose weight. That could be one. Then another one that's really been big is improving mental health, right? That's been a big one, especially since the pandemic. A lot of people just been struggling with uh, some pain, anxiety, different things like that. Uh, number two, finances. Whew. I think a lot of us would love to really just get a handle on our finances better and make sure that we're kind of budgeting. That's why we're doing the, the rock solid finances class. And then number one, drum roll, brrr, number one, improve fitness. It kind of goes with the number four, right? So the fitness and the weight thing going together. And uh, what's interesting is when I looked at these four, they're almost exactly the same as last year's, okay? So the ones that are on for this year are almost identical to the ones that were on for last year. And what would be interesting to see is what is really the success rate of last year's resolutions? I would say probably pretty low, right? Probably pretty low. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with New Year's resolutions, but unfortunately they don't usually last because they're based just on what we resolve to do in our minds, right? Plus, they're only based on willpower, and that power, as we know, can be very, very limited, very limited. 
However, what if this year we looked at any types of, of resolutions differently and then we think of them more as a, a commitment to God using his strength and not our own? And what if we, we saw these types of commitments through the eyes of the Lord where we kept our focus fully on him, okay? We kept our focus on him and what he wants to accomplish in our lives and through us, in us and through us. So not what we necessarily want to see happen ourselves, but what does God, have we asked God what he really wants to do in our lives in 2024? Are we worshiping him? And that's one of the best things that we can do is then it's not so much a to-do list. We're masters of to-do lists, aren't we? We can be masters of having a list of things to do, and that's kind of what a resolution is. But what instead if we had more of a to-be list, a to-be-with-Jesus list, a to-be list where we thought, okay, I'm going to spend time with Jesus this year more than ever before. I am going to sit at his feet just like Mary. I'm not going to be so much a Martha. I'm going to be a Mary, and I'm going to let Jesus speak to my heart so that I can listen to what he says and do what he wants me to do. Can you imagine, then, how things would be very, very different in a lot of ways? The passage of Scripture that we're looking at today, the cool thing is, that uh, we basically already read it, but here's a different translation of the same verses, okay? So it says, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Yeah. See, that's not just something that we read or sing about. That's something that we really we can kind of hold to our hearts. And in this scripture, we need to first understand a little bit of the history here. See, the Israelites have been kind of in a despondent state of captivity. They're wondering if they're ever going to be released from Babylonian captivity. They're feeling extremely exhausted. They're feeling extremely just, just weary. And that's why the prophet Isaiah applies this message of hope to the people. It's a message of hope to the people that they should know that God's strength offers comfort to his people. And their difficulty does not correspond to some type of weakness in God or some type of neglect that he has to their cause. But instead, we know that God is inexhaustible, right? The depth of his understanding is beyond comprehension. He will definitely provide for Israel, and he does. And he will definitely provide for us today. We have to trust in that. That God is our great provider, isn't he? He's provided so much for us time and time again. When we are at the bottom of the barrel, the bottom of the pit, the pit of life, and then boom, God shows up and somehow, some way is able to redeem situations and to restore us and to provide for us in ways that we couldn't even imagine. That's the beauty of our God. That's the beauty of our God. Our God is the everlasting God. Isn't that cool? He's the everlasting God. And that's our first 
main point. It's pretty simple. Our God is everlasting. So then what does this exactly mean, okay, everlasting? It means that God is obviously always in existence, and he is our enduring and compassionate provider and protector. Enduring, compassionate provider and protector. In fact, it is also this statement of everlasting that's used in part in Isaiah 9, 6, which is a great, great verse that I've enjoyed for years. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and it will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. When we read that, we know that that scripture is a prophecy, right, used to describe the Messiah, the anointed one, Jesus Christ himself, right? In fact, it's the scripture that is sung every year during the Hallelujah Chorus. In fact, I just, when I just heard the Hallelujah Chorus a few days on the radio, oh boy, I think I blew the speakers on my radio. Because when it starts kicking, the Hallelujah Chorus, oh, there is nothing like that. We used to sing that every year when I was in, in choir and it was the cool thing, it was a public school, but we would end every Christmas concert with the Hallelujah Chorus. And we would sing that verse right there at the top of our lungs. It was so beautiful, so beautiful. But it's also used to describe Jesus as one with his everlasting Father. So then we know that no matter what the situation, we could go to God, right? No matter what is going on in your life, no matter how hard Sometimes life can be, we know that we can go to God at any point in time, for he is our everlasting Father, and he's going to always, always be there now and for all of eternity, for all of eternity. After all, he has created all things. He's created every single one of us. He knows every single thing about each of you here today. He knows every thought that you're thinking. He knows every hair on your head or lack of hair on your head. He knows it all, right? Every intricate thing about your life, he knows it. That's the beautiful thing about our creator. He's, he knows us better than anyone because he created us. He created us in his image. That's the beautiful thing. Think about this with me. What would you most like to go to if you had a problem, let's say? Say you had a problem with your Apple computer, okay? That, that happens, okay? And you try to get tech support. You try to do all these things, and it's just not working. So bottom line is what you have to do is go to this thing called the Apple Store, right? And they're the ones that have got to kind of do their magic on the thing, boom, 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 and fix it, right? They're the ones that kind of created this thing called the Apple computer, so therefore the Apple Store is going to know best how to deal with the problem, right? Or suppose... Suppose you had a problem with a, a meal. At, let's say you had a problem with lasagna at Olive Garden. Not that you would ever have a problem with lasagna at Olive Garden, but maybe somehow, some way you did. If you had a problem, then you'd want to go to the manager or to the chef, right, that created that lasagna, that, that made the food. You're going to want to see what, what's going on. Why is this not tasting right? What, what's happening? You're going to want to talk to the person that created it, Right? Here's the deal, it's the same way with God. So many times that we have problems in our lives, we wanna talk to Joe Schmo about this, that, and the other. There's nothing wrong with going to different types of people 
and getting some counsel from people, hopefully wise counsel, but who better to talk to if you've got an issue in your life than to really bring it before God? Because he's the one that's created you. He knows you better than you know yourself, so why not go to him? Not just once in a while, but to go to him on a consistent basis. And know that he loves you so much. And he cares for you tremendously. It's not just a Christmas and Easter type deal. It's an every single day type of a mission for Jesus. It's a beautiful thing. So we can go to him with our concerns and our issues, our problems. We can cry out to God and know that he cares so deeply for us. He's always here for us. And he promises that he's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. We gotta turn to him then and picture yourself in his arms. You know, picture yourself in God's compassionate, everlasting arms that he is your Abba Father. He is your daddy. And no matter how old we get, we need a daddy sometimes. And that's what our everlasting father is. So we can allow him to comfort us like no one else can. No one else can comfort you the way that God can. He can hold you tightly in the palm of his hands. So we have to remember that. And he can also provide you with his supernatural strength, strength that cannot come from the world at all, but can come from him, that supernatural strength, even when you don't think you can move another muscle, even when you don't think you can take another step in this life, and God somehow, someway shows up in a big way and gives you strength to go through whatever the struggle is. Maybe it's a health struggle. Maybe it's a marriage struggle. Maybe it's a financial struggle. Whatever it is, you begin to experience this power, this strength that is from God Almighty that's offered to each and every one of us. Here's the thing. His strength supersedes our strength, and that leads to our bottom line today. Our bottom line is simple. Let God's strength soar in you. Let God's strength soar in you. Notice that the reason we can let God's strength soar in us is because according to verse 29, God does not faint or grow weary. He doesn't grow tired. His supply of energy is limitless, and that is why he can always provide us with his strength. It's because his strength is not finite. It is infinite. His strength never runs out. And that's why also the Apostle Paul, he says in Colossians 1.29, check it out. He says, for this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. You see, God's energy will be far greater than any energy that the world can offer, right? It's almost like sometimes people say, well, how come you can have enthusiasm? How can you can, well, enthusiasm comes from in theos, when you're in God. God can supply some enthusiasm for life in theos, enthusiasm, in God. In the world, though, we're trying to find energy a lot of times through caffeine with coffee or with pop or with energy drinks, and, and I'm guilty as well. I've done that. I'm guilty as well. And we're trying to burn the candle at both ends. Stay up late, get you know. Stay up late, get up early. Stay up late, get up early. We're trying to burn the candle a lot of times, so we're consuming more and more of the energy drinks, so we can keep on moving and grooving and keep on 
Okay, but here's what we have to understand. There is nothing like the energy and the strength that can come through the Lord because that is going to be everlasting. That is going to be something that's not going to run out. That is going to be something that is so powerful. That's why one of my favorite verses for years, probably since I became a Christian in high school, has been this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And sometimes when I'm feeling weak and I'm feeling down, man, I'll just say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So if I just keep my eyes focused on Christ, then whatever the obstacle is, whatever that struggle may be, that he's gonna give me the strength to overcome. Not my flesh, but his strength, his power can do that. When we trust in God's strength, it's amazing what he can do in us and then through us. It's always in and then through. We're filled up so we can pour out. We're filled up so we can pour out. It's amazing to look at the miraculous power then of Christ. You can feel like you could practically sometimes maybe even run through a wall because you're, you're watching God's spirit begin to work in you, okay? That's the cool part of it. It's something that um, we definitely experienced as well. A couple of weeks ago, we had the wonderful opportunity of taking a, a mission trip to West Virginia. It was sponsored by the men's ministry, so we had a lot of men and one brave lady and a couple of boys, and we had one brave lady and a lot of men, but we had the most amazing time serving the Lord. It was such a, a great, great opportunity. It was exhilarating to watch several people from West Virginia come to trust in Christ as Lord and Savior. And here's a picture of our team that went from, from all three campuses. And it was so exciting, though. We got to deliver food boxes. We got to deliver presents, presents to over 135 children. And let me tell you guys, these kids, that's the only present that they get. You know, some of our kids, they might get five, six, seven different presents on a Christmas morning. These kids, they got one, one present that we gave to them from the chapel. And they were so grateful. They were so thankful. There's a picture of some of them right there. So thankful. This is one of the poorest counties in all of America, and it's just one state away. Just one state away. We got a chance to also sing Christmas carols wherever we went. And then it was so cool, too, because God provided so many divine appointments, chances to be able to, to pray for people and just to be able to, to show forth God's love and to pray for them. And it was exciting to watch the energy that was within our team, but also to be able to see the amazing strength that many of the people there had as well. They didn't even have, many of them, food or shelter or not much clothing or anything like that. But there was some strength about them. Many of them knew that the strength was not from the things of this world. We try to draw strength from our material possessions. And you know what? That's not real strength. Many of them, they realized that their strength was from the power of God. In fact, there was a guy... There's the food boxes there. We went into the homes and, and we're able to bless. But there's a guy right there on the left. His name's David. And uh, he wears a shirt called Y'all Need Jesus. <laughs> and it was really cool because before we took that picture, 
David did a little concert for us. He had a guitar, and we got it on video of him playing this guitar, and it was, it was just beautiful to hear him sing about Jesus, and he had such a great, great perspective, you know? So simple, so true, that we all need Jesus. And that's definitely something that, that we experienced in West Virginia. We were there to be a blessing to them, but in many ways, they blessed the socks off of us as well. I mean, what a blessing they were to so many of us too. And we really saw God's strength soaring in them, soaring in them and soaring in us as a team. Beautiful, beautiful thing. Bottom line, let God's strength soar in you. The same thing that happened in West Virginia, that can happen in each and every one of our hearts as well. When we lean upon God's strength and not our own. When we look at Isaiah 40, we come back to that. There's a life lesson that's important, though, I think, too. And here it is, that waiting patiently equals God's strength. We don't want to hear that, do we? <laughs> I don't know about you, but waiting has definitely not always been my forte, right? And then if you think of waiting patiently, that's a whole nother level, right? And it could be a problem, but... Remember verse 31 says, they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint, right? So I think patience most definitely has to come through the Holy Spirit. After all, if we know that patience is one of the fruits of the Spirit, and we always think of it as, oh, okay, we'll, we'll kind of skip that. There's nine of them. And we think of love, joy, peace. We'll skip patience. We'll go to kindness. We'll go to goodness. Wait a second. Patience is one of the nine fruits of the Spirit. But then so as we remain in Christ, like John 15 talks about, remaining in Christ, abiding in Christ, then we can also be able to bear fruit. Apart from him, we can do nothing, right? Apart from him, we can do nothing. But through him, we can do all things for him. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, then, we develop more and more fruit, including even the fruit of of patience, even the fruit of patience. It's not something that can be mustered up through our own willpower, for our flesh is weak, but the spirit is strong. So even though youths and even young men may fall tired, right? They may be exhausted. They, like all of us, though, can be restored spiritually. And that is what is remarkable, is the spiritual strength then, the cool part of this, it can lead to the physical strength and the emotional strength and the mental strength. You know, we're talking a lot about uh, mental things over the last couple of years, and, and we need to. Trust me, we definitely need to. But the spiritual component many times is what is left out. And that's, that's the most important part. If we want the physical and the emotional and the mental to work properly, we got to get the spiritual right. It's like when we do marriage counseling. I do marriage counseling. I know other pastors do marriage counseling. And the main thing I hit on all the time is, guys, it's not just the communication. It's not just the conflict resolution. It's the spiritual part. That's the main thing that needs to get worked on. It's the same way with our lives. If we get that spiritual part connected with God through the power of his spirit, that begins to help all the other pieces as well. That's a beautiful part. An overarching principle is that the patient and the praying believers are the ones blessed in their trials. Whew, and we're all 
going through trials, right? All of us. But we know Romans 5 says this. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces hope. We gotta become those types of people who are able to endure according to Romans 5 and renew our strength in the Lord according to Isaiah 40. And the word renew, check it out, is to exchange, okay? It's to exchange. And it comes from the Hebrew word hadas. And it can be used as kind of like a change of clothes and can symbolize strength and beauty. And we know the Apostle Paul, he talks all about that, right? He talks all about putting off the old self, putting on the new self, clothing yourself with Christ, clothing yourself with love and compassion. Talks about making sure that we exchange the evil thoughts or words or actions for the newness of the love and the kindness of Christ. Clothing ourselves, in essence, with the beauty of Christ. And Isaiah is using the, the same type of metaphor here as well as Paul. But he includes the symbol of the eagle. The symbol of the eagle. Our national bird, right? The bald eagle. I tell you what, uh, there's something special about an eagle. When I see an eagle, boom, I stop in my tracks. I don't care how busy I am. It doesn't matter because I see an eagle, I'm stopping. Why? Think about this. You can watch an eagle all day because they're so beautiful. They're so magnificent. They're so powerful. They're known for their vigor and their strength and their speed. Do you realize how fast an eagle can fly? I checked this out. You know, I looked at some of the research on this. They can fly up to 100 miles per hour. Can you believe that? I'm not going to race an eagle. I tell you what, 100 miles an hour. That's incredible to think about. So you think about this, what a perfect example for us to exchange our weakness for the beauty and for the strength of eagle's wings. So then we can mount up with eagle's wings, right? We can run and not be weary. We can walk and not be faint. And I once heard a statement years ago by my senior pastor when I was a, when I was a teenager, and it always stuck with me. And he said, you know what, Jeff? The Lord could put wings on weary hearts. And even put a big billboard outside of the church. It was an eagle, picture of an eagle. And underneath it, it said, putting wings on weary hearts. Isn't that a good picture of what God wants to do? So maybe you're here today and, you know, you're getting ready to start this new year and you're not feeling it. You're not thinking, happy new year at all. You're thinking, I'm weary, I'm exhausted. I'm just worn out with life. And you know what, we have to, to remember that that's okay to go through that, but at the same time, to recognize that God is never too tired or too busy for you, and he's listening, and he always wants to help. So even if you feel like maybe life is just kind of crushing on you, and I've felt that way before too, you can't, and maybe you feel like you just can't even take one more step. You can barely get up out of bed, you know, and I've been there too, that's, that's not easy. But I can tell you there's something powerful about God's strength to uplift you. Even in those moments, he can help you. He can renew your strength. And he can be able to help let God's strength soar in you. That's my prayer for all of us. So I'm going to ask us to do something special as Meg plays here. I'm going to ask you just to stand. 
And I'm going to just pray a, a blessing over all of us today. Just a prayer of blessing for you today. So bow your heads with me, please. Oh, Lord, I know that there are, there are many here this morning that are, that are tired, that may be weary, they may, maybe you're feeling bruised, maybe they're feeling beaten down. But Lord, I know that you understand more than anyone that type of pain. So I ask you to please, oh God, strengthen us today. Help us to soar into this new year with all of your strength. When we are weak, you are strong, oh God. And so Lord, we trust in your strength, not our own. And Lord, may we keep our eyes fixed on you at all times, not deviating from you, for you are the author, you are the perfecter of our faith. And Lord, please forgive us of our sins, our many sins. Cleanse us. Make us pure in your sight. For you are such a gracious, such a loving God who is faithful to all the generations. So we come to you this new year and we adore you. Oh, come, let us adore you today and every day. For you are Christ the Lord. Amen and amen.